Hey everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Underground. Uh, I'm your host today, Dan, like always coming to you from the studios of DTM Enterprises. Uh, still want to talk about TSSR, that's the 12 Steps for Everyone uh, for 80-something years now. The You had to be an addict or an alcoholic or a gambler or overeater to harness these 12 Steps. There is no way in the world, if you don't believe you're an alcoholic, that you're going to walk in an AA meeting. And... Uh, that's changed we now have uh the 12 steps available to everybody and anybody recovery for all 12 step spiritual recovery.com is the website you can find the meetings there and 12 step spiritual recovery by james christopher cone is can be found on amazon and that's the only commercial i got tonight I need to work on getting some sponsorships. I get an email every week with a dozen people wanting to sponsor the podcast. And I blow it off week after week after week after week after week after week. Free money, man. Uh, Some of them aren't in alignment. It's like some of them are CBD and hemp and uh, other kind of stuff (laughs) that are just straight up. Some kind of, some kind of, you know, everybody's got a toxin or a tonic. That's a better word. Everybody's got a tonic to heal your your wounds and uh Mm -hmm. you know that just isn't in alignment with what we're doing here and uh now and again i see ones but i I really don't know how to unwind the puzzle that it is there's different ways and different stuff and i've just been too lazy to dive into it some of them pay you per listen some of them is a flat fee they want you to make an offer i don't know how to offer uh so i just haven't i just i just look at them once in a while and delete the email and move on down the pipe well, um, that's a good problem to have you got options yeah it is a good problem to have to some extent so if you haven't already been able to tell uh, vlad's my guest today he's a uh, boy i should have looked at the first time you were here 134 was, uh, podcast 134 that's what i like a guy who knows his podcast uh only because i went back and listened to it and uh, did you? I did. To, to make sure you don't double dip too much? That, and it was it was first year after, you know, getting sober. So it was a, it was a completely different mindset, honestly, after listening to it again. Yeah. Like, it, it did was, you even recognize yourself? That, that sad, Sorta. sad boy that walked in here real heartbroken. I'm like, oh, you can still hear that. Yeah. You can still hear that in a voice, but, but it was a good reminder. It was a... Uh, yeah, I really liked it. 134, so I don't have to look it up. I believe it's 134. I could and it was on your one-year date, too. On my one-year date, yep. That is super cool. Um, so, some things that happened in Vlad's life, and that's something I like to do anyway, and we did it a couple weeks ago with uh, Brian C. Uh, you know, when I, when I got to AA and everybody was uh, saying keep coming back and all that business, uh, one thing it did reflect to me was that when I would go back out for a while and then come back and go back out for a while and come back Mm -hmm. during those four years uh, those people who were saying keep coming back really were they were demonstrating that and modeling it Mm -hmm. and uh, you know we we, uh, Bill says this is a lifetime this is not an overnight matter it continues for your lifetime Mm -hmm. and uh so I like to have people come back in and do talk about that. And I actually said in 2024, I'm going to go back and look and get some people in that have been here before. So we can do part twos and continuing the saga. Right. And, and you can, things change for you. Absolutely. 
there's growth, there's struggle, there's buying houses, like all kinds of different things that have happened, right? Um, Gains and losses. Yeah. Yeah. Promotions, changes of jobs. Yep. More stress. Yeah. Was I was a PA back then, right? Process assistant. Yeah. So that's like two steps since then. So the Amazon grind, if you all unaware, safety specialist. Um, Some people can't do that. I hear a lot of people on uh, Facebook that cannot do the Amazon grind. I mean, it's not for everybody. The physical work is super demanding, and you got people coming in there that probably haven't really done anything physical in a really long time. And then they're hurting. Um, some people come in there just to start a workman's comp claim hmm. because they know they can. Hmm. Um, some people have no other... Pull that microphone a little closer to you. No other choices. These microphones don't allow the outside to get in. That's good. So that means you have to be pretty close to it. But, and then some people want to climb the ladder. And if you want to climb the ladder, it is the place for you. It's doable. Is it fun? Probably not. But you can definitely climb that ladder. So. So where do you want to start? Mm. I don't know. Where, where do we start? So I guess we start with... Uh, relapse recovery type. No, you got a year of sobriety mm-hmm. and that was good mm-hmm. went into then, two years that was pretty good too uh, and then at like two and a half I think is uh, started smoking CBD because it smelled like weed tastes like weed and kind of mellowed me out a little bit but it wasn't psychoactive right so it was kind of a, a free pass um, so I did that for a while uh, and everybody was doing it. I mean, there there were a CPD is hot. A lot of people in in recovery specifically too. There was a lot of people, and I think I uh, it was my girlfriend's friend Clara, who's in. Well, probably shouldn't say her name. Uh, my girlfriend's friend who like told me about it, and I was like, no way. There's what is this? And she would call it Bud Light because uh, it was like light weed, right? Most of my experience with it has been in either pill form or oils or drops or something and like there, that. And there has been, yeah. I've never, yep. uh, when you were saying since you smoked it, that, that was a new to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I bought, like, legit flour, and you could get different strains, like like the old school. Like It was definitely, like, romanticizing the past of, uh, and oh, let's make this clear. At that point, I didn't think weed was an issue. I really didn't. I wasn't willingly jumping back into smoking because there was, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say a stigma or a barrier, but it was not cool in AA, right? We talked about it. I mentioned it a couple of times. We had a joke about it. Um, psychedelics as well. Uh, yeah, in our, you know, it's the California sober thing. Yep. Is what they, you know, and that's just not our group's deal. That is not. So CBD was kind of like the middle ground between like, hey, I'm still participating, but uh this is something i'm doing as well right um and then after a while so what really happened is you could order it online and it'll come to your house it was amazing i was like holy crap i had a subscription and a membership and like 
I, and I mean, I, I frequent flower points. Absolutely, absolutely. And they would have sales, and you could get like strains like sour diesel, but it wouldn't make you high. It smells like it. It tastes like it. It's like a non-alcoholic beer, we'll say, right for wheat. But um, you did have some kind of feeling with it. Yeah, uh, I used to explain it like after a long yoga session when you have that you do the shavasana and it's like that relaxing kind of feeling. So I did feel that there was some kind of and I don't know if it was all in your head because it's that familiarity Uh of taste and smell. And I I smoked cigarettes. So rolling it up with my tobacco, that was like the thing to do. And back in the day when I was using like that, that was my way to smoke weed was to roll it with my tobacco. Um, Sometimes if I'm in public, the first part of the cigarette is weed. The second part is tobacco. So by the time the cop gets to me, like I only have tobacco. (laughs) So. Um, so I was doing that for a while. And then one day, I guess it wasn't as pure, like it didn't have the zero point, whatever, whatever percent that it's required to be CBD. Um, and I got a little bit high and I kind of blew that off. It's like, Oh, that was an accident, accidental high, Hmm. right? No big deal. I didn't do it. I didn't willingly go out and get high. I accidentally got high. Um, and maybe, maybe, and looking back at it, I didn't realize it then, but I think there was a phenomenon of craving that hit, that familiar feeling, like, ooh. And I was talkative and giggly, and even Brooke looked at me like, are you good? Because I drove to her house, and I would smoke my CBD uh, spliff on the way, and she lived in Georgetown, so it would be a long way, like a 30-minute drive. Uh, and by the time I got there, I was, like, really chatty and talkative and felt different. I didn't realize and then it all hit me. I'm like, oh, shit. I accidentally got high. Oh, man, I'm getting high. Right, right. Um, so I did that for a while. And then eventually, then Delta 8. Delta 8 came around, right? Well, Delta 8 is legal. It's not THC9. It's Delta 8. It's different. So it's like chemically manipulated to also give you a slight high. And it's sold legally in the stores everywhere so I was like well I'm already smoking CBD I guess Delta 8 is fine right and this is actually getting me somewhat high like there's a there's definitely like it did have a barrier where you couldn't get too high but it definitely changed the way you felt um was also during that time starting my other position as a safety specialist launching some buildings I was really stressed out and I don't think I saw it then too that that was a form of relief for all the work stuff I had to deal with because I wasn't doing healthy ways. It was also around COVID. I think that's probably fair to mention as well. I stopped going to the gym as frequently. I wasn't going to yoga. Um, so things were shut down. I no longer had the tools I had or not in those forms. I could have still worked out. I could have done yoga at home. I chose not to. Yeah, uh, because it was just an easy. My way. yoga practice faded during COVID. Yeah, I was a teacher. I had full capabilities of doing Still full born, full bore practicing at home. Right, and uh, and I did for a little bit, but it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard. It's, it's not the hard. same without that community. Yeah, when you go so in the heat and mm-hmm. somebody riding your ass to get, you know, it's not really that they're doing that, but they're they there's some teachers that are a little more motivating than others. Yeah, yeah. 
there's also some real cute teachers so you're really trying mm-hmm. you're like mm, i'm yep. gonna make sure i go an extra three seconds yep peer pressure has always been an impact on me mm-hmm. whether if it's good or bad mm-hmm. uh, that peer pressure in the yoga studio worked for me yeah so yeah, so there was Delta 8, and then eventually I was like, well, I'm already getting high. Why am I just, why am I playing with this bullshit synthetic shit? Like, what's the, I'm already there, right? Um, and, and during that time, I did get really guilty, and that was the first time I came out to whenever we had that group meet with all of us in there, right? And I pretty much came out and like, hey guys, I got to get honest, because I was, I was super guilty. Like every time I would smoke, it, that guilt was there. Um, so I remember getting that silver chip. I talked to you. I talked to Christopher. Um, and then I really regretted it. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I, I stayed in that school of thought that this is not the same. This is not the same as my alcoholism. Like, I don't know why, what, what's next? Am I going to quit tobacco? And that's what I kept saying is like, well, we're, we're fucking chain smoking cigarettes left and right. We're downing coffee. We. Caffeine. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I mean, go to a. I got you. AA meeting, right? Like, so I, I was justifying to myself, where is the line? Where is it? Is it right above nicotine and coffee use? Is that where the line is? Well, this is kind of more healthy than at least nicotine use, supposedly. Depends on how you use it, right? So there's a lot of justification, rationalization, bullshit thinking, as a professor of mine once told me. Um, Those words were in my head. Yep. A lot of bullshit thinking. Uh, And then I guess I stuck around for like, and I wasn't dishonest. I wasn't picking up a coin anymore. I didn't celebrate, so it was my it was gonna be my third year sobriety birthday, and I I chose not to celebrate. I didn't think it would be fair to the same men that are doing this deal a hundred percent of the way and deserve that coin. So I felt like I did not deserve that coin in front of everybody in that group. Right now, I'm not playing by the same rules. I don't know if you'd call it cheating, but I'm definitely not playing the same game at this point. Um, but I also didn't think I was not sober. It's it's a weird thing to say. So I bought myself my own coin. I bought myself a three-year coin. Um, to thine own self be true. And that's that's another thing after talking to everybody is like, well, where do I stand, right? Um, and I thought I'm good. Like I'm still participating in AA. I had no doubt in my mind if I left the rooms, I would fuck up and drink again or use again, like harder drugs, I guess, at that point. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that I'm an alcoholic and I need this program. Uh, I did have a doubt in my mind that weed is an issue. Um, yeah. So pretty much that's what happened. Yeah. Until... I mean, uh, it was you. You know, you had yourself convinced that it was not an issue, but there a time came that that line of questioning changed a little bit, right? Well, there was a lot of things that I felt like everybody in the group, like the same, like I wouldn't say level, but the same length of time than me, they were leveling up. They were definitely 
getting more juice. Like, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't on the same plane anymore. Yeah. Like things weren't going. Even though bad. things were still good. Things were going. <laughs> like I bought a house during that time. Like Brooke and I moved in together. Like things are going well. But I'm not truly happy anymore, right? Now, like, work stress is too much. I am using something to alleviate it. I am coping. I'm not using the tools anymore. I am bypassing the program in a way. And I, at that point, I didn't realize that. At that point, I was just like, well, maybe AA is not for me. Mm-hmm. There were some times I researched that green and sober movement. Um I don't think they like California sober, by the way. Uh, so there was a couple of things I looked at. And I think, and like, I, I didn't pick up a coin. I never lied to anybody that if they asked, I try to be stay honest and still work the principles as best as I can while still smoking. And I think you came over one day and you just flat out asked me and I, I wasn't going to lie to you because... I wasn't picking up the coin, but no one really knew, right? No one really knew if I'm still using or not, or I, they probably did. Assumed you did and really don't want to ask. You know right. I mean? It was, it was more of that cordiality, whatever you want to call it. Allowing you your journey. True. Um, you know, and, and we had that conversation and you said like, honestly, I don't know if I can, because at the same time, another thing, you got a new sponsee that was here for weed. Right. And that really, like, started to not feel okay. That yeah. really started, started to not feel okay for me either. Yeah. And that, that was that conversation you and I had. And there was a part where you said, I don't think I can sponsor you or continue to sponsor you if that's the path you're choosing. Because I couldn't stand there and tell this guy. Yeah. He had to quit. And it's fair. Like, you, this guy can. Not only and, that, like... You also, and not a reputation, but like you also have your own principles to uphold to the rest of the group. Like, yep. to mounds of Beatrix. Right. Right. So, and I totally understood that. And I, like, after that conversation, I don't think there was any malice or anything like that, but there was definitely a thought like maybe AA is not for me anymore. There was a point where I thought I would walk away. That. That was an option on the table. That was an option, yeah. That was uh, uh, something I considered greatly, actually. That m- there's other ways to stay sober and maybe I can continue doing that. So. That bottle of water lasts me through two podcasts today. I feel like this. You need more water than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one probably got filled up someplace else in the middle. Fair enough. I'm drinking an energy drink. <laughs> So, so there was that, and there were still all these, like, I don't know if I was, like, skirting around all the reality of what's going on and focusing on, like, well, I think the problem is, is not that I'm smoking. The problem is that, that I can't smoke and be in AA. That's the problem. Or at least that's what I thought at that time. And I remember the guys were getting ready for the Colorado trip. And it was, I think it was like three weeks before they were leaving. And I called one of them up. He's like, I, I want to go with you. Can I still go? They were like, yep. I'm like, cool. So I made sure I got a leave of absence, talked to my boss. I'm like, and I was really, it was a stressful day at work. And that's what I decided. I was like, I need a fucking break. 
I need a fucking break. And I don't know what it was from, from like home life, from work life, from what it was, but I needed a fucking break. And that's when I made that phone call and it's like, I want to go, right? So made that happen, went with uh, two of our guys. I don't know how many names they should be using here. Uh, I don't think it makes any difference if it's uh, well. I always say you can use first names at will, man. Yeah. Uh, so. There's a whole lot of Tonys and Bens and Davids out in the world, and right. And I'm assuming anyone that's listened to this podcast, at least from our circle, no, no, yeah, and right. They're not, and actually, you know, I don't know anybody that's hiding their sobriety. Yeah, that is. I don't know either. So none of the solid guys, none of the people that have been around for a while, but you, know, you kind of have that little thing in the beginning sometimes that you don't want anybody to know when you're new for whatever crazy reason that is. But it's always it's a it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, dude. Yeah, everybody knew you were drunk. Now you don't I want them to know that you're going to be. Just yeah, say, yeah. "Hey, I have an issue, and I'm doing working this on it." Yeah, right. Uh, like you'd be surprised how many people will be like. Thank fucking God. Yeah. About time. I didn't want to tell you anything, but God damn, yep. did it take you a minute. Yeah. I can run around being asshole every place, drunk and high mm-hmm. and sloppy and whatever, you know. And then now I'm getting on the straight and narrow and I want to hide it. Because <laughs> it's sort of admitting the problem to them. You yeah. don't want to do that. But anyway, you can use names. Yeah. So Travis, Shane, and me went up. It was just you three that year, huh? That was just us three. We went up, and I was, uh, I think in a car, I, I was very honest with both of them on the way up there. I'm like, hey. I've never known you to be anything but honest. Yeah. I hope so. And it's what, five, going on six years, maybe? Yeah. So I let them know, like, hey, like, for me, this is kind of a, a journey. Like, I'm soul searching. I need to know if I'm continuing with AA or not. So here I am going up the mountain with these two guys from sobriety deciding whether or not AA is for me. Do you have a bag of reefer on you? I did not. <laughs> I did not. So I totally, uh, I didn't bring anything, no edibles, no gummies, no nothing. And we're going to Colorado, which is super yeah. fucking ironic, right? Um, you mind pulling over here for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, I've just brought it from home. Um, a guy once did that when we were there. And I wasn't really okay with it. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. But I'm like, dude, that is like so contrary to our mission here, man. Yeah. Uh, he was going to get it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So now you're going to be a drug dealer, huh? You're going to cart this shit across <laughs> the state lines. I definitely don't want to be a part and of that. And I was that. a felon still. Right. You know, yeah. and then we're going to cross the state lines into Kansas where it's not legal. And I've been seeing new uh, articles online where the Kansas police sit there and wait for people to come back across the line. And now, wouldn't them. they? It's a revenue stream. Right. And, uh, and, no, no, thank you. You're risking my, you're risking my shit here, buddy. Right, and that that was another thing is like I'm not gonna like, that's disrespectful. In, in my too. opinion, that yep. that was disrespectful to do that. Uh, there was a part of me that is like maybe I should bring some shrooms and just get fucking <laughs> just trip the fuck out up on a mountain. Would be fun. It would be fun, but at the same time, how selfish is that? Yeah. Because I've done the whole thing where I took some fucking acid and then looked at my buddy Max and be like, you're fucking babysitting me tonight. I'm not asking. I'm telling. It's too late. I've already ingested this. Like, it's go time. Um, So. (laughs) I've saddled my friends with the same thing, too. Right. And that's really. And I have some more if you want it. (laughs) And, And granted, during that time, I did take some shrooms, too. Like. In the window. In that window. Like, then. 
when I accepted, okay, well, I'm not getting a sobriety. I don't have a sobriety yeah. date. I'm not getting a chip. Like at that point, I was like, I'll do some shrooms. And it was never like a fucking amount to see shit or trip, right? It was definitely more of like a, a micro dose of like a gram or a gram and, and a 0.3 or something. Uh, and I think it was just like my girlfriend and her friend and me, and we just hung out. But then there were, here's the other thing. Like after we did that, like the next weekend, I'm like, I could do fucking shrooms again. Like that yeah, crept so I, in quick. You know, my guest that I had on, this is the second podcast today, but she's not a 12 step person, but she talked about like, and she has a whole piece in there about like when you're, she calls like your protective aura. Mm-hmm. And is this strong, but then like these spirits come into you and the same thing as my parasite mm-hmm. anal- anal- uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was game when I offered her mine too. But once that can gets opened, it's just, it's a proverbial can of worms. You know, you, you pop a hole in it here and there. And then the next thing you know, and, and if you would, pro- I would have absolutely no doubt for me and probably for you, mm-hmm. if you leave that can off, I will end up where no holds are barred well, at some course. point. Of course, of course. Like at this point, if you're, if you're you know, getting no I'm negative consequences. I'm tripping acid, I'm smoking dope, I'm, right. you know, it's I'm like, well, maybe I'm not an alcoholic. fentanyl here and there and uh, hell, what what's a beer now? Yep, <laughs> yep. Maybe I'll go back to the bourbon, like. Um. So yeah, so we were up that mountain and I was, the, the, the goal for that trip for me was I need to make a decision. You were looking for an answer. I was looking for an answer. And I did not find it on the mountain. Uh, which is very ironic. I really want, I wanted like this whole spiritual fucking. A bush to catch on fire well, or well, a I did, tablet. There was a thought that I had during that time, right? It's like, so here I am with my two brothers up on this fucking mountain doing this awesome thing. And I thought to myself, how many of my non-AA friends would do this? Like, how, like, if I leave this behind, right, I am leaving this whole fellowship. I'm leaving everyone. I will be walking away from it. And, like, how many of my normal friends will say, will go up and do this? Or will be there on a phone call's notice? Um, it's like, it's not just giving up, like, the recovery and sobriety. You're giving up a family in a way. And that sat pretty heavy on me too. And like, cause I was up there and like, it, it got nothing but love. No one judged. No one was like, you fucked up, huh? You had three years or you could have. Look at you now. No, I, I, no one gave me that. It was nothing but love, tolerance, understanding, and just acceptance. So what I did, I left that three year chip that I bought myself up on a mountain. I put it under a rock. Um, but I still didn't make that decision. I didn't know what I was going to do. We were there for a week and I didn't smoke. I came home and I'm not smoking. My girlfriend's smoking at the time. So it's around, right? And I'm not, I'm, I consciously said, I don't, I'm, I'm good. Let's, let's just not smoke. And then the third day home, I'm on a couch smoking a bowl thinking like, whoa, how the fuck did I just get here? And that's, that's when that hit that epiphany. Like how the fuck did I just get here? Is like, 
Oh, I used to do that with alcohol. I used to say, I'm not going to drink for like a week. And then next thing you know, you're pissed drunk. And that's when I was like, okay, yep. Step one, I am powerless over this shit too. And that that's it. That's, that's kind of the realization happened, right? And, um. And I was coming up to my four-year mark, we would say, since I stopped drinking alcohol. So I was coming to my four-year mark, and you and I talked, and you said, so well, what, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to get a silver coin on September 25th of 2022, I guess, at that point, yeah? Well, for the most part, I was in the loop with all this stuff, and when you came home from... Uh, from uh, Colorado and I didn't hear any kind of like okay here's what I'm gonna do or right, you know right. kind of like oh well, well and finally I just ended up asking because it was getting uh, well that one thing I was sponsoring this one guy and his whole problem was marijuana and I was getting antsy about it so mm-hmm. uh, and it was right up upon your date do you still have the exact same day exact same date just a different year different year. Um, and on a on another level, it's kind of honoring that that my first day coming in. It's it's in a weird way, right? It's still on the same day, and I could remember like, hey, in 2018, you came into this room, like seeking help and looking for. I don't know what you're the fucking looking for. Real, help, help. That's all it was. Some right? relief, something. Yeah, something different than what I got right now because what I got right now ain't working and I will never forget I was sitting next to Chase and uh, Chase I was getting ready to say his last name and he wouldn't care if I did either mm-hmm. uh, and you looked rough and I remember elbowing Chase and going that dude looks rough and he looked at me and he goes yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah. eyes like raccoons and, and just yeah, looked I mean, just I'd... beat down just looked just like you just didn't have a thing to live for well yeah you're like all my life telling myself i will never be like my dad right i will never end up in aa and like here i am and in the rooms of aa like to me at that time that was my bottom what were you like 26 27 27 but although like during drinking previous years i would say like till you're 30 if you can't fucking put a handle on this on by the time you're 30 you're going to aa right that other voice in my head like dude get your shit together like that that voice you want to ignore that that your inner truth whatever you want to call it right you know yep so yeah i don't think uh you know i've heard some you know i've heard a lot of stories Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode 315. Nice. And uh, most people are having them conversations with themselves that they don't want to have with anybody else, whether if it's laying in the bed or if it's looking in the mirror. I have I have like photographic memory of me looking at some other man in the mirror mm-hmm. and, you know, recognizing that that guy in that mirror is not me, but that's me today. Mm-hmm. And you need to do something with yourself, buddy. <laughs> right. It's and, like, and then passing out, going to sleep, get up tomorrow, do the same thing I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and you know, my week could go by, and I a month ago by, and and I wasn't doing anything to change anything. And uh, <clears throat> I do like the one guy who come in, and I asked him what his sobriety date is, and he said, to be honest, I don't know. And he said. Uh, 
I was so screwed up and so drunk that he said, it's the March the 15th or the 16th. And I did not intend to get sober that day, <laughs> but he was on a blackout drunk and got thrown in jail and woke up in jail in that window. So and the so, universe chose it yeah, for him. So, yeah. so one of those days is when he stopped drinking and he went ahead and drove a stake in on one of them days and made that it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, yeah, get, uh, that's most of us are having that inner dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, in the things you just talked about, you know, I, I, I kind of get a pinch in my stomach thinking about it, too, to think about, uh, you know, I've got my panties in a wad once in a while and thought, fuck all this. You know, it don't take me too long to uh, realize what I'm giving up by saying that, you know, all, every friend I have is in the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single one outside, you know, outside of my dad. <laughs> uh, and I would be hitting the flush button on that. Now, they wouldn't be it wouldn't it wouldn't be them. It'd be me. Because yeah, I would, you would be, be stepping away. Yeah. It's not them. They're yeah. still there. Like you said, they weren't up on the mountain. They're not clubbing you over the head or whatever. You know, they're right. uh, you're stepping away from it. And I know that there would be a point to where I might try to continue to hang out. You know, but there'd be a point that that would get wore out. My my conscious wouldn't be able to continue to watch these guys stay sober and keep on <laughs> doing yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I would I would walk away. I would and that's kind of what happened to me you know you was talking about that you know my first year of sobriety Mm -hmm. in 2011 2012 when i first came to aa Mm -hmm. i didn't drink for a year i did some other things (laughs) yeah and i stood up there and got that one year token conning myself into believing and really did yeah and you did i hadn't drank for a year and this is alcoholics anonymous Mm -hmm. and i knew i did know that the people I was hanging around with counted all substances, but I didn't. And I moderated during that year. You know, I smoked dope one week, one time. You know, a couple puffs over at a buddy's house. You know, and then maybe wouldn't again for a month or months or something. Yeah, come across a pain pill or two and pop them. Mm-hmm. You know, when my back was sore, it's medicine. Uh, and. Uh, justification and rationalization that's words you used earlier about how it's not a problem and I'm I'm aiming at my alcoholism Mm -hmm. but you decided to and I really when we were talking back then uh, the fellowship seemed to be the bigger driver of everything Mm -hmm. that you didn't you know you knew this other stuff like you said your life hadn't crashed and burned yet because of smoking dope yeah things were still going good it was still on an upward trajectory uh, maybe it was not a, as much as you want. Maybe but, not an upward, more like a steady forward. But there was things, yeah, okay, and it's that's obviously it's your perception that counts. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, that was a step up to buy to buy home. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and those kind of things going on, uh, promotion in that window, mm-hmm. and you know, so there was some upward movement going on. Uh, well, no, the I got promoted. I was still sober. So promoted to the safety specialist. So I got promoted to safety specialist and got thrown into like launch these two buildings, which I was just I was climbing that ladder and I really took a big chunk off. Uh, and I don't think I was mentally prepared for all the things that came with it. Yeah, that, that whole thing of like, if it's not alcoholism, it's going to be workaholism or whatever you want to call it. Right? It's. Um, and it's still something I, I have that to... That is act. a weird noise. 
Sounds like your uh, air conditioning. That's my dad. Oh. He's down there working. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> what he probably did, see, he won't come through this door, and he's more than welcome mm-hmm. to come through here. Mm-hmm. But he went out the mm. deck and goes down the basement steps. Because he wants uh, to be respectful. He, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he, uh, but you'll hear in a minute, there could be like a chainsaw startup down there or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, last time it was acorns hitting the metal roof in yeah. the shop, so... Yeah. Just a little ambiance. I wake up to those noises, yeah. and and it really doesn't bother me because I can get back to sleep no problem. But it's kind of funny when I hear something clanking around in the basement, and uh, and I know what it is. And I look over, and he's decided that he's going to go down to shop at three a.m. and work on something. He uh, sleeps for a little while and does stuff for a little while. Sleeps for a little while and does stuff for a little while. And that's all the way around the clock. I hope I'm doing what he's doing when I'm eight, that age. Or uh, or dead, one of the two. I don't want to be laid up. Yeah. So, you uh, and it's changed too. You know. Well, I'll tell you one more thing that I don't think you mentioned too. Uh, some things that were missing out of your recovery was one of the things that that you didn't feel qualified to sponsor another guy either, and that's just what you do next. Right. In my lineage. Right. That's what's next. That's what you get through the steps, mm-hmm. and your life gets better. And everybody says what's next. And there's a bunch to choose from, mm-hmm. but I don't really think you can not do that one. You know, mm-hmm. you can become a yoga teacher as I did. Mm-hmm. You can pick up different spiritual growth things and do things and go to the top of a mountain with some guys and there's things to do next. But uh, you leave out that sponsor and the guy and you really have uh, uh, tied one hand behind your back on the spiritual growth in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I think during that time, like, my equivalent to service work was going to that recovery house and bringing in a meeting on Yeah, I remember that. But I was still smoking weed, so that kind of made it not fun. Let's just say how it is. It it wasn't fun. It was... uh, You're a living contradiction. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, like, the whole time I'm trying to rationalize and justify my behavior how it's not my behavior it is the viewpoints of the program that i'm a part of that are the problem um so yeah so stop doing that and yeah i didn't feel like qualified sponsoring a guy because why would i because unless it's like through a different program where we smoke weed it's like which there are yeah none local i'll bet i mean like you couldn't find a group like you're attached to now yeah, I think there was something online you could do in a Facebook group you could be a part of, but uh, and I didn't really dive that deep into it. It just, yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised, you know. I'm uh, when I see somebody that like you know we offer guys our stuff to be a part of our club mm-hmm. every Tuesday night and more, mm-hmm. and uh, and some guys don't want that. Um, Look, we just had, I got the piece of paper here. We just had seven guys sign up on our first meeting in January for mm-hmm. the home group list, for the, be a part of the home group. And I wonder if we'll have one of those in February. But 
the, I know the attractiveness and I think it's also a same thing. You're, you're either, you're either attracted to it or it scares you and you want to go, you don't, you know, you don't want to be a part of that. John, it's one of the guys real. I worked for, that's the most attractive thing he saw was mm-hmm. this, these dudes that were all doing well and were buddies and were, you know, you can feel the connection when you walk in there between us, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that makes you feel like you're out. But, you know, we're always saying, come in. Right. It's never, it's not like a closed circle. It's an open circle, but you have to ante up and, like, take those steps and get in. Yep. It's on you. Like, we're not going to force you to be our friends. Some of it seems like wiring, too, though. Like, you didn't have no problem doing that, really. Yeah. Uh, You just jumped right in. And most of the people I sponsor are pretty much end up being that kind of way. Well, one thing is I kind of require it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but you see people that just really, really struggle with being able to step in. And that what previous conditioning programming, yeah. like how many times were they on that playground and got made fun of, or what the fuck are they carrying in that backpack that is still weighing them down yeah. and probably got them to the point of being in this room. Yeah. So there's probably some work to be done before they can actually step in and like enjoy it. They may step in, but they may not like it, right? They may be forced to it. Yep. I know a couple people that are, well, and I don't know, I really don't know, but are just socially awkward mm-hmm. and really have really really struggle to be a part of. Uh, and I don't know that it's, you know, I know a guy just celebrated 15 years and he used to hang around with us mm-hmm. and he really has to work to, and, and it's, it's a constant struggle and you can see, I can see it on him when he's being a part of mm-hmm. and how much work that is for that guy. And I actually appreciate that more than the guy who kind of does it easy because mm-hmm. this dude is stretching out of his comfort zone to, yeah, it's, to, uh, to be a part of and because uh, everything every fiber in his bones is not is wanting to separate go be alone right and it's I don't know if it's still the disease or what but it's like it's easier when you're alone to get you right oh, yeah. it's like it's like it's, it's like the, a wolf is going to get yeah, that weakest link that's not with the, the pack yeah, like yeah. It's it's very much like that. Yep, it is very much like that. I use that analogy quite often, and people that play around the edges get taken. Mm-hmm. And the guys that are in the middle seem to have staying power. And, um, so you made that, and you come in there and got another silver chip, mm-hmm. right? I had forgotten about the one a long time ago until you said It was a full year it. of, uh, so I got a, a silver chip. Then a full year but went by. Really, I didn't pick up any more, yeah. but I wasn't celebrating anymore. Yeah. And I was, I was and still. That's really what started the what's up with Vlad? Because we did a little of that, and I would get asked as your sponsor at times. Of course, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, you know, those are funny things to dance around too. Uh, the bond that happens when we do this stuff, you know, we get pretty damn close, and I love you. And I don't want to be knocking you around behind your back, uh, but I also don't want to be lying. And for the most part, I kept a piece of a real estate where I could say, I don't know. <laughs> so that way I didn't have to do either one of those. Yep. Uh, I had my suspicions, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I stayed then, in, I stayed in, I like, I do it with my daughter. 
It's a willful blindness. Yeah. I'd rather be able to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's understandable too. Like it's, it hurts less, right? If your suspicions are true, this ignorance is bliss and this hurts less. Yep. Yep. So, but we got back into the work pretty quickly. Mm hmm. One, and that was that that thing when I came back in. I was like, I want to restart a hundred percent, not just like let's do the fourth step again. I want to like chapter by chapter, like we did the first yep, time. We did it like I do with a newcomer, yeah, any newcomer, mm-hmm. which is pretty much I think the better thing. But if a guy's doing okay, and what I was taught, and I've been through it that way myself, mm-hmm. um, when a guy's still climbing and staying sober and growing and all that, then I start with uh, step three. Mm-hmm. I mean, reconfirm your third step, and, and that then makes get sense into four too. and go to nine mm-hmm. and stop. We don't go through ten, eleven, twelve, or the four chapters at the end of the book. Uh, but somebody new, I'm really strong on a complete trip through the 164 plus the doctor's opinion mm-hmm. and step one through twelve. <laughs> right, but it's also like if you're sponsoring guys, you're doing that with them. You are taking people. Right. And that in that three years, I didn't sponsor anybody really. Like I attempted a couple of times, but I never like actively sought out a sponsee. Um, So like there's you get to practice those as you take guys through it. And it was like I feel like for me, it was so long. It's like I don't fucking remember. I need you need a, a refresh a full. Plus, I think the disease wipes your hard drive a little bit. Yeah. It makes it easy to forget. Of course. It's like you, you start putting that on the back shelf on purpose because that helps you justify what you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that was the best thing to do and you'd you'd express that to me and i was happy that was what you wanted to do because a lot of times and you know and there's another question as a guy who sponsored quite a few guys i feel quite a few questions from other guys going what do we do you know uh hey i got this guy and he relapsed and and a few years ago, I never had any experience with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now i got a little more experience with it. Because it's one thing when a guy comes and he's stumbled elsewhere mm-hmm. and then he comes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty concrete. But I've had a few guys start over in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of like at a, you know, uh, I would say, I don't have any experience with this. And God said, okay. Here you <laughs> Here's go. some. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably like a next level for sponsorship too right maybe like that's your next level yep. up almost uh, this old sponsorship bones mm-hmm. did I tell you that the other day mm-hmm. I always say that right I, Christopher said that you earn your sponsorship bones mm-hmm. you figure your way through this no, stuff yeah, and you, you get better with it mm-hmm. and uh, and I said in a meeting the other night it was the TSSR meeting I said sometimes I picture like having fingers a skeleton uh, or a oh yeah you had a photo of, of all the yeah, yeah and yeah. somebody did a photoshop and put mm-hmm. a put a little finger necklace on me mm-hmm. i thought dang i might have to go ask everybody for a finger uh mm-hmm. like my necklace i have with the retreat tokens on it but yeah you just uh keep practicing this stuff and that's one of the cool things you know for some reason it's made to where there's no concrete to it there's always growth to be had if you're willing to grow yeah. if you're willing oh, to yeah. look at it but yeah. you know and you know getting different kinds of sponsees i've sponsored i've sponsored females mm-hmm. that's way different uh guys whose problem wasn't alcohol mm-hmm. 
you know, addicts. And that's, you see that get beat around in AA quite often. And it's a whole lot less so. Actually, when I come in in 2011, there was a much stronger, uh, uh, you need to be in the other room thing if you're an addict than, than I experienced today. Mm. Although online, I see it still a lot. Really? Uh, I have a couple of Facebook pages. There's some guys that are pretty strong about it's easy to be strong about an yeah, opinion Facebook, behind a Facebook yeah, 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 wall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about tell them addicts to go down the down the hall to NA. Um, but uh, you get experiences with different people, and you get better at it. I guess more well rounded to how to mm-hmm. how to how to manage it. And then uh, we did a fifth step out in the shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's definitely, it wasn't got, like, you know, that first fifth step is pretty heavy and I was, I was pretty like, I don't know, is I wrote things down, but they didn't seem nearly as life shattering. Right. And it was a, it was a different experience. You mean as the first time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, way we, way God's blessed me with the way I do my fist steps that going down there kind of add some theater to it and some uh it's that ceremony that, ceremony yeah. to it that uh is a little different especially uh, well, you're like what's funny is the people who are not outdoorsy people mm-hmm. you know that the guys that are comfortable there uh that's cool too because it's like like john mm-hmm. i tried to keep that hidden from him the whole time i try to do that mm-hmm. so that when we go down there it's new mm-hmm. And uh, and I did. I was able to do that. And uh, he had no idea what he was walking into, and it blew his mind. Mm-hmm. And then besides that, I fed him elk, which is uh, <laughs> one of the things. One, of, you know, people got things on their list when they get sober, what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things he wants to do is go elk hunting. Mm. So that was like one of these uh, God nods kind of deals. That uh, when he come to the when I fed him elk at our fist step mm-hmm. uh there was some more meaning to that than than what i anticipated because i didn't do it on purpose right uh i was just trying to figure out what to do and also that elk has been sitting in the freezer for a while and it needs to get ate <laughs> uh you don't want that stuff going bad it's way too good to let it go bad right. i just made a pot of chili the other day with the very last bit of my ground elk meat did you I don't. Uh, I think Travis is out too. Travis is out. He bought half a elk from a farm, or he was planning to. I don't know if he ever pulled the trigger on that, but yeah, I don't know if he did either. I remember it because I know the guy who uh, I knew that guy before I knew Travis. Did you? The guy with the farm, and that's what uh, he also owned a farm that Travis was hunting on. That's who Travis and his dad bought the property from. Mm. Um, so that whole sponsee thing, you know, you put that out and that's another thing my guest that i talked to earlier talked a lot about manifesting and saying okay universe this is what i want and then walk on the right side of the road the best you can we're mm-hmm. not perfect but do that the best you can and you seem to get what you ask for mm-hmm. and um and you're vocal i know that's one thing that helps people get sponsor sponsees yeah. uh, if they don't hear you up there in that chair talking they don't really know if they want what you got oh, right yes yeah. i don't even know you exist to some extent mm-hmm. uh especially during that period where we stopped even saying our names mm-hmm. uh but now you now you got two currently up working with two guys one is getting close to doing his fifth step 
Um, yeah, we haven't we we haven't really talked about that. No, I it's don't I don't know close. what my uh, if I'm gonna have a thing or not. Like I I kind of imagine a thing, but it's kind of cold. Like I would take him to the Red River Gorge, right? Like that seems like a cool place. Mm-hmm. But hey, you don't know if you got a guy that really wants to be out in the woods like that. Um, I think I think he'd be all right. He actually expressed interest in the woods so but it's it's pretty damn cold to be sitting around exchanging a fifth step yeah right now, if you're so. outdoors no doubt so um i don't i'm sure something will come out that needs to come out but i'm also not and you can do it in the living room if you have to mm-hmm. i mean i and I, that doesn't even sound right uh it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. i just like to make it cool and i i understand like I appreciate that, and I think that's important. Like, and as you being my sponsor, teaching me how to do this, like I of course want to have my own ceremony yeah. too, or like my own like, it it just makes sense, because um, that's that meant a lot to me. Why wouldn't I want to make it just as special for the next guy, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we do. We're just yep. we're carrying everything we were taught to the next guy, so they can do the same damn thing. Yep. I've done all my fifth steps in Christopher's living room. Yeah. Uh, but he also sets the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice, soft lighting, mm-hmm. candles, and soft music playing. And, you know, you walk in there and you know it's something different. You know, this is not just a uh, visit. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of trauma, too kind of sort like well you've been sorting it right you're doing your fourth step um yeah but you're getting it out on the table and showing it to somebody else right you're going to be vocal about it i know i'll keep on reverting to this but it's fresh and we were talking about that with that other guest and she said in her world that is not necessary Mm. that you a lot of her clients do not actually vocalize Mm. their trauma Mm. they can process it together they do it together but they don't have to say that and i thought hmm, that's new stuff to me i don't think that i don't think that works in our system no not f- i, I would think getting it out on the table is part of the yeah. is is sharing that with somebody else that whole thing about with um admitted to god myself and another person mm-hmm. if uh that's not happening then you're losing the point of a fist step right and you can't rely on yourself and i don't know there's there's more to it it's like on some level it's shame right um because otherwise you wouldn't have been self-medicating we'll say yourself to death um and like sharing your shame is freeing like this is what i'm ashamed of and then the guy sitting in front of you'd be like me fucking too and then you're like oh well god damn it okay well this is okay i'm not the only one cool yeah. cool 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 it is a funny thing how you feel like you 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 how we covet our shame mm-hmm. that it's just mine mm-hmm. uh, harbor it yeah and i mean it, it makes sense like right i can't really see through your eyes or live your experience so yeah. i can only revert back to myself and what i've been through yeah and i think if you just like if, if you just admit this to god if you're just in your prayers alone uh there's a block there too that it, it don't really get to god until you tell me or i tell you mm-hmm. 
Uh, it, it just doesn't have the power. Well, it's just that that willingness, almost, you know, doing your amends as well. And uh, it's a magical thing, but you know, in the end of the day, you know, it is. It makes stuff so light that you're like, "Golly, why was I doing?" You know, man, I built up a big thing about that inside of me mm-hmm. and uh when the me too's come out or even just the acknowledgement from the other person that maybe they didn't too but um they uh, you know they're uh supportive of you and uh the compassion and all that makes whatever that thing i was making real heavy lighter no it, yeah and i think it all goes back to this fellowship which is one of our Stepping stones or cornerstones, right? It's, it's a we program, not an I program. Yep. It's the a we unity. program. And we, we lift each other up. Um, you don't get this kind of encouragement anyplace else. I never got it anyplace else. The encouragement that I got from the spiritual underground when I showed up with all that shame about how bad a person I was because of what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and get those guys, you know, were so positive that if I would just do this work I would get better Mm -hmm. and then them cheering me on and giving me all that early sobriety lift yeah uh, I got addicted to that quickly Mm -hmm. and it's a a, it's a bit dangerous too because if you're only doing it for that if you don't have like a certain spiritual awakening or an experience um, that's gonna stop that's yeah. going to wear off and then you won't have enough of whatever like if that is your new thing your new craving like because you walk through, people walk through 12 months and don't do any work mm-hmm. or don't do all the work yeah and then you get to the end of that and then you stop seeing them two yeah. second year stuff when the when the crowd quits clapping but not the second time second year second time is actually a lot lot better and a lot easier like, um, there was a lot of fear after my first, first year with like, now I have to fucking sponsor people. That was terrifying. Mm. Like, I was like, who am I to tell a guy what to do or what not to do? Right. Um, this time around it's like, well, I'm a guy that did it. That's who I am. Living proof. Here you go. I'm living proof of what happens if you stop. Here you go. Like, I can have that experience now. Be like, you can do that. In my case, this is what happened. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. It might not. You could be the exception. Yep. There's got to be plenty of people that come in and get sober and Alcoholics Anonymous and ride off into the sunset and are okay. Yeah, maybe. There got to be. I just had to believe there's too many different kind of people for that not to be. Yeah. But, uh, and that's where a lot of people would draw that line about whether if you're a real alcoholic or not and whether if those people were really alcoholic or just a bump in the road. Yeah. Uh, just needed a, just needed a change of trajectory in their lives. Maybe, but there's, there's a thing to say where like, was your life better before or do you want to go back to what it was Yeah. or are you just settling for going forward? Because, as easy as going forward is, it's not necessarily beneficial or more happier, right? I don't, I definitely didn't feel very happy. Uh, and there's still days I don't feel very happy. Um, but there's tools. Now I get to work with a guy and really take it 
my own head out of my own ass for a yep. minute. Yep. Or I don't know. There's I guess recently it's like with work and how much energy am I giving this company? I don't think it's a one for one exchange. Hmm. And it hasn't been for a long time. It was not a one for one exchange because I am not valuing myself enough. Um, and recently here has been like, yes, but right. Yes, I can do this, but I want things in return. Like, I am done of giving extra. Like, why am I giving you 110%? I'm not seeing no 110%. It back. Yeah. Like, my paycheck doesn't say no 110%. It's like, oh, cool. Am I done working for 36 hours? I'm salary now. I'm out. Thank you. Because you're going to call me in the middle of the night and I'm going to have to answer. So let's make a little balance there. When I got sober, I went through the same thing. Working just, and it was that workaholism and there was a bit of camouflage, I uh, call it, that I wore. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hide my disease. If I can bust my ass like I do at work, then I don't. I could talk myself into it, and mm-hmm. I felt like you didn't see it either. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about like when uh, when I got sober and and it was a, you know, and and really like felt, you know, I don't know when it was, a couple years sober, and it was the old emperor has no clothes on kind of thing. I started seeing this dog and pony circus that was going on at work, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to play. Uh, hey, Dan, we want to put you on this special team where we're going to need an extra five hours a week out of you while you do your job and then also participate on this team. And it's a really a it's a really a privilege and honor to be a part of this team. Sure, sure. And I used to go, hell yeah. You know, yeah. do I get a T-shirt, too? Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, you don't. Uh, you don't even get a T-shirt. Uh and go do all that, go into these extra links for somebody who wasn't, you know, reciprocating. Yeah. You know, I mean, you didn't even get a acknowledgement when the project was done and the thing was over with. It said, you know, hey, thanks to Dan and Bob and Bill and Lucy, we're making 50 grand a year more or whatever. You know, we, mm-hmm. we you don't even get that. It just kind of got implemented and you went back to your desk and next thing you know, you were getting asked to do something extra again. Mm-hmm. I remember the one time uh, I had a quality guy come up and he starts quizzing me. You know, once in a while, the quality guys come around and do some kind of audit. Mm -hmm. And he was auditing some procedure and he had this procedure in his hand, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was stale. And we weren't doing it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I told him that. And then like a few days later, I get called in the principal's office Mm -hmm. about me. It was almost like being reprimanded for telling them the truth. And then I got assigned to rewrite the procedure to what we actually do. And uh, and that was another way. I was like, you know, get that quality guy to rewrite the procedure. I'll tell him what we do, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, i got a job to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was another one of the ones where the emperor has no clothes on. You know, you build a whistle and you get more work. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And there's a place for that too, you know, and they're hard charging, but all that, all that hard charging, uh, the Bill Wilson said, I would prove to the world I was important kind of attitude. Uh, I didn't need to do that at work anymore. I didn't have to prove to the world I was important. And I think I this felt is important. This I felt is something valued. I'm just learning now, like just now, like, and I don't know what, what it is, but I'm a little bit of tired of thinking of what you think of me. Quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of you waiting for you to tell me I did a good job. 
And maybe I don't want to fucking do a good job, honestly. Maybe I just want to do the job. 85%, maybe 90. But, and I don't, and I didn't realize how much that was taken away from my mental state. It was, it was taken at all and still is trying to on a daily basis if I let it. Uh, some days I'm better at it than others. I don't know how many, like, my pissed off phone calls to you as a sponsee are usually about my work. Right? Right. Like, very seldom it's anything else. Um, and, and that's, you the know, proverbial the, finances and romances. Most guys' problems are with their work, their income, their money, mm-hmm. or the relationship. Those are the two bill, the two big bell ringers. It is, and it's easy to brush it off. And like, you know, don't. There's a reason we take these jobs. There's a, there's a give and take. Like, I will give you X amount of effort and time for X amount of vacation and stock and benefits. Like, yes, I need that because this is how we structured our society. Like, I don't really have an alternative unless I win a lottery. But to do that, I have to play the lottery. Yeah, right. Um, so it is what it is. And this is how we live right now. So well, I've been toying around with sticking my toe a couple of years ago. I said, I would never be able to work for somebody else again. Mm-hmm. And I put in applications the other night and, uh, and I got accepted for one of them to move to the next stage. And then they asked me this question cause it's all online. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they asked me if I was willing to work full time. <laughs> and I looked at that and I knew what was going to happen. I didn't, but I, I, I suspected what was going to happen. And when I clicked no, mm-hmm. boom, you are no longer a candidate for this position. And I wonder, I put in for four jobs at the same place. And I wonder if that didn't just cut my nose off in all four of them. It's a possibility. Because uh, it doesn't tell you in the description whether these are part-time or full-time positions. Right. Uh if you go some places out on the net, it'll say full-time and part-time positions available for that opening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to, I'm not ready to, I want to do my, I want to continue to do my woodworking and handyman part-time. There's a, it makes me think but of I a can couple find of a guys part-time job. when I was a process assistant that were like really good, smart guys. They were always on top, right? There's a, one guy specifically, William Degger. Oh, he doesn't listen to this for sure, um, but he was—he was a great guy. He—he he would just do he the say job. Anything bad about him, so right. He would just like we had dumb things that people were avoiding to do. He would just do it, no problem. I asked him one day. I'm like, "Hey, man, you're really good. Like, you—you you get your shit done all the time. Do you ever want to like move up?" Or and he just laughed at me. He's like, "Man, I've been there. <laughs> like, there's a reason I'm a tier one. Like, I want none of that." Like, I don't want that extra responsibility or headache. I'm, I'm just here to get my paycheck, get my insurance. Like, you know, he was pushing close to, I don't know, 50, 60. But he, he was just a solid guy. And I was, you know, if you're solid, you automatically think you should do more. Yeah. You're solid. You should do more. Like, we're, we're programmed that way. And the way he answered is like, why? Yep. And only now am I realizing it's like, oh, why? Yeah, I wouldn't even think, you know, prior that there was any option to not take a promotion mm-hmm. and I got sober and I passed up a number of, I think, you know, all that adding up together is why they said they didn't need me more. And I, I listened to a guy talk about, uh, people like me mm-hmm. 
actually creating a, like an infection at work that I'll rub off on that dude and this dude and this dude and they got to cut the cancerous cell out before it becomes and I think that's now what really happened and I didn't really I don't know it was just in the past couple months that I listened to some podcast uh, that a guy was talking about that and I went I think that's what happened to me Uh, I was uh, not a positive influence on the workforce anymore and it wasn't that it was necessarily negative Mm -hmm. but uh but but they, you weren't putting in that extra ten percent, yeah, and they wanted to promote me to be a project engineer, and they offered me some other things. And you know, I had made it up into management at one time, mm-hmm. and I got demoted on a failed piss test at a place, and I went back to my old job. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't too awful long after that I got sober, mm-hmm. so uh, I didn't want to go back up to that. I'd already been there, yeah, and. Uh, um, so it gets dangerous when you stop wanting, you know, some places will, you know, you, you're almost, you're almost not allowed to be that guy mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. if you're just doing your job and happy to do it. Uh, that's not necessarily enough. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that's what all that, you know, these questionnaires when this jobs I put in for had a lot of that kind of stuff in there mm-hmm. are you willing to go the extra mile and, we need you to go the extra and are mile you, uh, will, are you you know are you ready to jump on the career path escalator yeah I, mean, I don't like, want a career maybe I just want a job I just want a job and that's and they're fair. out there sure sure and that's I'm fair I'm not and... too worried about it I'll uh, I'm gonna give it a couple more I'm gonna give it probably another day mm. and I'll go to their competitor <laughs> and I'll ask there one of these hardware stores are big box places will want me surely yeah um yeah and it's surprising they wouldn't have part-time positions like you see right. older dudes in there all the time i doubt they're working full-time you know yeah. guys that look like they might have got that job in retirement to supplement their social security or something that or just to stay active like make sure you're not uh getting too rusty yeah 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 no. i definitely like that i don't got i gotta keep moving mm-hmm yeah, you do. I was actually surprised you said you were watching a TV show. I was like, no fucking way. Dan's watching TV. I practice that a little bit at the at the suggestion of my sponsor sometimes. It's not a bad thing. I remember thing. a bunch of years ago, I got I, I had a back problem and wasn't this one that messed up my leg. It was prior to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to give you an assignment. He said, I want you to uh, get on uh, Netflix. You got Netflix? Yep get on netflix and watch season one of the walking dead <laughs> and he said and just you gotta rest your back dude you gotta you gotta lay up mm-hmm. and then boom boom you know like in four days i watched all the way up to the current season mm-hmm. and then we started off on that getting together and watching it on sunday nights nice uh, but that was and so I, that's a tool that was put in my toolbox that when i need to slow down uh I'll find something to capture my interest and slow down. Of course, now I watch it. You know, I'm watching it on my phone. You're uh, still going. You're just multitasking. Yeah. No, I actually sit. <laughs> I sit down. I watched okay. an episode at Fargo the other night before I went to sleep. Nice. Uh, nice. Laying in bed, watching an episode, and I sat there uh, for a little while yesterday and watched another episode. And I'm kind of funny because I'm uh, usually and a lot of times those things will hook me worse, and that's one of the things I don't like about them. Mm-hmm. The 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 hooks at the end of the episode i cannot put it down mm-hmm. i will stay up to four in the morning watching them 
Yeah. And that hasn't been happening on this one, even though I will, even though I want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, dude. Yeah. It's all a balancing act. Yep. In a way. And even in the handyman world here, I found that I'm not like as anxious, uh, not as hard charging for another project. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more and more careful about what I well, decide, you, you what were really I excited up to for. get some, right? And then you got a couple of pretty big ones, and I think I don't know, maybe there was some extra things that came with that. Yeah, they were a little too big. That yeah. big old bookshelf project, I don't want to do that much again. Mm-hmm. It's, it was too well, much. It's it a good learning. It was perfect because yeah. it gave me like in that one last deer season, it gave me this. She wanted to pay me and every week mm-hmm. every two weeks actually so as she and was so probably getting I was paid like getting a salary yeah again mm-hmm. uh and get a check in the mail and or uh i was delivering the stuff to her house and storing it in her basement mm-hmm. so when i took some boxes over she'd give me a check and um i got a job right now that i need to get back with a girl and i think i'm gonna pass she wants some exposed beams put up in the ceiling mm. and uh fake ones you know just to look pretty yeah Yeah. well there's ones up there now but they're painted and they got features she doesn't like and uh she wants them replaced with something that looks a little more rustic and a little uh just wants wood Mm -hmm. finish and these are painted and Mm -hmm. fancy and she wants something more plain plain is in Mm -hmm. there is uh i don't know there's all these names for them when i get a hold of a interior designer and i am going over to a gal's house this week for a project i'm i'm okay with uh it's not too big just in case you're all listening yeah it's uh and this this person actually is a spouse of somebody who used to come to spiritual underground on a regular basis and uh but i don't like it's up putting those on the ceiling and you know dawned on me as i'm thinking about it that i can't do that by myself mm-hmm you can't hold up a 20-foot beam by yourself up and hold it on the ceiling and fix it in place. You need another person. And I don't want to have to deal with getting help. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I um, need to – I also don't like to tell people pass. It's a little bit like uh, – I feel like I, some, I think some of my passing is like clogged up the energy flow too. Really? Yeah. When you say no, mm-hmm. the universe hears that. Maybe, but you can't say yes to every well, single thing because, I mean, on the other hand, too, like, you work for yourself. Like, there's a risk factor you have to take. Yep. Like, a couple of small jobs, good. Put in big old beams that could potentially injure you for, like, you don't have workman's comp, man. Yeah. You are workman's comp. Yep. You hurt yourself significantly. You're, you're out, out. Yeah. So... I, yeah, I there's. I have insurance again. I mean, yeah, but, uh, but still, like, there, there is some of like, if you want to continue to do this, you do like, and that is my field, and that's what I focus on is a risk aversion. Yeah. You have to look at those jobs and be like, well, how much risk am I willing yeah. to take for this job? Because sometimes can't. it's not worth it, and and it's okay. I make better money handymaning. Yeah, I actually have to downgrade my cost when I do woodwork because people won't pay for it. Yeah. Well, they'll pay me what I ask to come over and handyman. Most people will. Mm-hmm. I don't get it too many arguments. Mm-hmm. But uh, but if I took my hours that I think a job is going to ca- take and mm-hmm. multiply that by my hourly rate, people, it's sticker shock. 
Yeah. Well. And then sometimes I just do that. And if they say yes, then I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's going to be worth it. That's really probably the way I need to approach it always, actually. Now that I sit here and I've had that conversation with myself, I should just always approach every one of them like that. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get them, I don't get them. If I do, it'll be worth it. Yeah, 100%. Unless you're really bored and just want to do something in the shop. Yeah. like It's nice to get the shop work, and I kind of do that. I, you know, I sacrifice a little bit for being able to get up in the morning and walk out to the shop and work all day. Mm-hmm. Not have to drive and go places and... Just get to enjoy your own yeah. area. And, yeah. That old dream of get up and make a cup of coffee, even though I don't drink coffee anymore, but make a cup of coffee and carry it out to the wood shop, and that's the way I start my day. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fantasy. No more coffee? Huh? No more coffee? I haven't, drank, I haven't drank anything but water in some time, man. No more energy drinks, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I just uh, I, I ran out in deer season back in November. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not buying them by the case anymore, and I'm not stopping at the, <laughs> yeah. the convenience store anymore. And it really was an accident, and I didn't really have any negative side effects from it either. You just didn't. I, I just uh, ran out, and I didn't. I blew it off, and I did it again tomorrow, and I did it again the next day. And after a few days come by, and it was like a week, and I hadn't done it, I said, "Well, okay, I'm not doing that anymore." They're expensive, and you know, by all counts, they're not good for you. Don't don't. I look don't at, know anybody drinks them anymore. He's literally looking at my energy drink as we're talking right now. Um, I drank plenty of them, yeah. but I really have this uh, in the past month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been having the nudges that I got to get myself back in shape and start taking care of myself, and I let that slip, and I really had let that slip all the way back from when COVID hit. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, uh, that's uh, actually a really like interesting point to like move forward to uh i don't know if we have given covid the credit for how much it stopped things and halted things uh and especially guys like us in recovery that need to do certain things to have a good life um when i first got sober i got really fit and i really enjoyed that and super fit a little too fit probably i was cold all the time i lost so much weight um but like as COVID stopped, I kind of stopped doing it and I stopped feeling good as good. Like, right. I don't know if the mental toll of work would have hit me as hard if I'm still going to the gym consistently and getting that physical part of my routine in. Uh, it's just it's just now recently that's been like, what, the past month. I'm excited for Colorado again. Everybody's, you know, getting back in shape and it's a good excuse for me to really get my shit together and get back into shape. Um, I already got a group hiking trip planned for pre-workout. For pre-workout? As a, yeah, to uh, go do something. I, there's some place I want to, I actually want to show y'all some really cool stuff that I know where it's at in the woods. Mm. And it's off trail. Okay. And, uh, and I just listened to a podcast about it again. The guy actually says he took me there. Uh, he took a tour and it was a murder I mystery remember, thing about some people getting killed disappearing we don't know that they actually got murdered uh, and we still don't and it was like the I don't remember I can't remember dates but it was either in maybe the late 30s or early 40s mm-hmm. and uh, I f- knew that the guy did a podcast on it and for some reason today mm-hmm. it jumped in my mind and I popped it podcast on and then in like episode 6 
which is the last one that he's up to right mm -hmm. now. He mentions that this is all now on YouTube with pictures and video and stuff now. Mm -hmm. And um, and in it, he says, if you know where this place is at, please keep it a secret. Don't tell people. Don't share the waypoints. Do not. You know, we need to protect this little location because mm -hmm. it's getting damaged by people mm -hmm. going and carving in the rocks and doing And it that. does. It's like, uh, you know, my aunt and uncle talk about have a soup pie in Phoenix, how beautiful it was. Well, now it's because of that. It's like $200 just to get in a lottery to get to go there, which is, you know, at a certain point, fair. Like, let's start protecting our natural resources. I don't like people picking up arrowheads. I think, you know, you should leave them lay. The problem is the next guy won't. I never found an arrowhead. Like, I don't, I, I think this is bullshit. I don't think y'all, for real, I think this is made up. The There's no fucking them. arrowheads in the woods. Everybody's just like buying them. Well, and then Shane finds them everywhere he goes. Shane, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I've seen him find them. I've been with him when he's found some. It, he does have a knack, uh, apparently, but I've never, not once. You know, I'll be, I'll admit, I haven't either, man. I've like, never found an arrowhead. I found artifacts, mm -hmm. what I believe to be artifacts. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think that would be cool to. And I'm just making, you know, it's this thing about like having stuff to look forward to, kind of stuff that that. And I've already like I was like listening to this podcast, going, I would like to go back and visit. It's there's an arch in Indiana. There's a few of them, mm -hmm. natural arches. Uh, now this is that aren't any, touristy yet. Yeah, and uh, this one is not. It's just parked back in the woods it's technically on private property but you can't tell it when you go there mm. uh so he warns you if you go you're taking a chance on trespassing trespassing but you're two and a half miles back in the hoosier national forest off trail mm -hmm. you wouldn't know what's a chance somebody's gonna yeah dnr conservation officer cop somebody sitting back there waiting for somebody to come well, well now that you said it on a podcast and they have a record he said of you, it first <laughs> he said okay i see what you're doing uh that but is? i thought you know I'm, I'm, i said we'll load up backpacks and go hump it because it don't feel like southern indiana well although you know i know what southern indiana is well there's a one place over there it's got the I think my map said is about 250 foot sheer cliffs that you can stand on top of mm. and look down and that's not typical in Indiana. Oh yeah, well most people don't know like southwestern Indiana is very pretty, like yep. hilly and it has a lot of features. Yeah, like O'Bannon Woods, if you just take a walk through there, is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just that thing about people picture Indiana and they picture Kansas, like corn and Indiana soy, and, and like yeah, and most of it is like you if you hit, drive hit north cliffs, you know, and it's like stepping into river, a small version of yep. River Gorge. Yep, very simple. And I mean, we made these boundaries, right? These state lines. We yeah. decided where, but that's not really what. Yeah, it's more like what's in Kentucky, in a sense. right? It's not a true topographical description of the state there's yeah. multiple features because if you like draw a line in where daniel Boone national or you know red river gorge and all that mm -hmm. if you go straight west you run into indiana and you run into this section of indiana on the yeah. north south type of direction mm -hmm. it's because in the ohio river kind of wanders southwest and that was the border that we decided to yeah to make 
but uh yeah getting back in shape is another thing and i know a lot of people are doing it and uh and i'm uh, glad got I'm, a, I'm glad to see it i got a little bit of um, christopher and i are talking and i'm trying you know another thing i'm trying to do is start being more conscious on these ultra processed foods uh and there's a lot of evidence showing that that's maybe one of the bigger cult- culprits of what's going on in society today mm-hmm. the unhealthy thing is because we've started eating stuff that chemicals. aren't really food we're, we're, yeah we're ingesting chemicals and then wondering why our mental health is deteriorating and physical absolutely you know, a bunch of fat people walking around I was, uh, I don't know where I was at, but I was like, as part of my fitness journey, I'm doing these macros and I'm kind of like looking at it, right? So I was on this app, like trying to build my macro, whatever. And I'm typing in, like, it's asking me questions and I'm typing in like, how much water do you drink? How much vegetables? And it keeps congratulating me. You're like, congratulations. You do this more than 50% of humans or like Americans. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I thought I'm doing this on a low spectrum. Like who is not eating vegetables? Lots or of people. fruit or water. Who is not drinking 64 ounces of water minimum? Like very few people are drinking enough water. That Most is people drink some kind of drink. Yeah. And it, it makes sense, right? We can. But at the same time, it's like, have you ever backpacked for a long time and just wanted a glass of water? Yeah. There's As no- I've gotten on this thing where I'm drinking nothing but water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm digging it. I will actually like be really thirsty for water. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel, but I do. If I go in a gas station or something, man, I can hear that cooler whistling to me. Yeah. Uh, saying, oh, come on. And it's even wanting me to get stuff. I'm not like Big Red is saying, hey, and I'm not even, I was at one point in my life a Big Red guy. So it's like, and I'm not like a real Coca-Cola guy. Coke's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But the Cokes are talking to me. It's not like monsters are talking to me. It's the stuff I don't, you know. Usually, yeah. You know, what's what's interesting is like I get cravings, like in a legit cravings for sparkling water. If I will, like even if like I don't want to, I will leave my house and go get sparkling water because I'm out. Like it's almost like an addiction. It's a weird mental twist, but like I want those bubbles. And like, and it helped a lot when I stopped drinking because I loved mm-hmm. beer and it really did some kind of mind fuck where it's like, ooh, bubbles. It's almost the same. Uh, I avoided them for that very reason. For did a while. you? I didn't drink a can, anything out of a can, for maybe a two years because mm. of this whoosh, pop was triggering yeah. something, man. Yeah. I could. And if I could hear it across the hallway or hear it someplace else, mm-hmm. my attention would go boom. <laughs> and the same thing happens when I hear uh, like a medicine bottle rattle. Mm. That mm-hmm. noise mm-hmm. Uh, gets my attention to this Unless, like, day. Pavlov's dog, man. We were. It's a conditioning that it's a. A reward been like you pop it you feel some way right yep. uh, and the funny thing is these sparkling waters do not satisfy my thirst yeah i'm just as thirsty i just want the bubbles <laughs> i got on them for a while uh but for whatever reason is another one of those things that came and went mm. and uh when somebody offers me one now i'm i don't really want it really uh yeah came and went is not as easy for me it's like you, I have to consciously be like, ooh, hey. Time to stop. Or this is a new thing you now do. Do you see this? And you're like, no, no, I don't. This is fine. And There's nothing wrong with this. And it's just sparkling water, man. I had an app he was talking about. I had an app, of, I think it was called Carb Manager, and that's when I, I blew up a little bit after I quit nicotine back then, and I 
mm-hmm. started doing that. Now you could scan barcodes and it would enter in the macros of it. You mm-hmm. know, if you were eating something, you could mm-hmm. put in the barcode and or scan it. And uh, man, that really worked for me. And that's a diet that works for me pretty well too. But golly, man, I love carbs. Mm-hmm. And they come in here, you know. Another thing is, is since Dad moved in, there's um, well, there's a cake in there now. Is there? Uh, and it's just damn hard to walk by that cake and not eat a piece of it. Uh, yes. And uh, and he, you know, and I have yet to say, hey, if you're going to get that stuff, take it upstairs. Uh, don't set it on the kitchen table. Uh, and there's usually some kind of Danish or if we run out, there'll be something new in a minute. And I can't stay out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, uh, Brooke and I had that thing where, you know, we live together now, so I'm not buying all the foods. And I did pretty well with, like, buying Your healthy food. food, right? I would buy this. And then you walk in, and it's like, when the fuck did we get chocolate pudding cups, right? Or ice cream. Why is there ice cream in the fridge? And it's like, it, and one on one of those things, she would be like, oh, I didn't get you any because I know you're trying to be good. And then in the back of my mind, we're like, well, fuck you. I want some ice yeah, cream, you too. You got you some, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, I noticed today I looked in the freezer and there's a fresh gallon of vanilla ice cream. And lately I've been like to take, not lately, it's been a little while. But as the last year tapered off, man, I like to get me some vanilla ice cream and a big jug of Hershey's chocolate. Mm. Mm. Salt. It's less uh, it's less appetizing in the winter though. It's another thing. I'm like, mm. I don't really feel like eating something freezing hot cold. Hot brownies a la mode. Yeah, like a, yeah. Or, or give me an apple pie. Apple and pie, and I'll, and I'll slap some vanilla cream. ice cream on there. Yep. Yeah, but about that carbs, that Fitbit does the same thing. Like, so it'll track my calories throughout the day, and you're burning, mm-hmm. not your intake. No, in, intake too, because like, because oh, I have the connected. premium. Yeah, I'll just scan the barcodes or search for foods, and it's giving me my carbs okay, yeah. and macros. But your Fitbit's not doing that; your phone's doing that. The app that's connected. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a one, and yeah. I, I think I paid eighty dollars. Like yeah, I tried one it. of them for a little bit. I don't know. I don't like watches. It takes a minute to get used to it, and then it'll track your sleep, too, how well you sleep, mm-hmm. which is pretty... Like, I hate wearing things on my wrist while I sleep, but I do like to see my sleep score, because I sleep relatively good, and it's nice to see... It's like, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things that, as I'm re-recovering, looking back, it's like, what did I put down that really worked for me? Right, and it's like I don't know. It's like, when did I go to Uzbekistan? September. So it's been like three months. I haven't had cigarettes. That's been that is really good for you. So I hear. um, I don't have as many cravings. For most people, if that's what they're doing, that's the next thing to tackle. Yeah, because it's going to kill you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of newcomers like, "I'm gonna quit," and we always do say that. It's like, how about you don't drink for now? And then we'll work on that. Yeah. But it's all good things. And it's like, I think the other benefit of the group and like having all these men around you, they encourage you. Like I watch Travis, him getting fit. And then I'm like, I can do this too. And like, you know, we were marking a polo in each other's like, and making fun of each other's like, Hey, chicken legs, you're going to go in the gym today and do legs or what? Um, so it's, it's that great camaraderie, that brotherhood that's really encouraging you and uplifting you to do more. Not not just to be sober and not drink, but you're doing more. You're being the best version of yourself and like standing next to men being the best versions of themselves. 
And I think a lot of people miss that point or miss that aspect or just don't want to participate, which is fine. You don't want to participate. It's okay. Yep. Um, and I see some groups that you go to and you don't see that going on. Mm-hmm. They're sober mm-hmm. and they got, you know, you can hear good recovery coming out of their mouths, but you look at them and you go, you know, I can, I can real quick. If you're like a spiritual guru mm-hmm. and you really got good stuff, mm-hmm. but you're a hundred pounds overweight, it'll make me discount what you're saying. Uh, it's like, well, you know, okay, but look at this other piece of your life, you know, and uh, it's not fair. It's not. Uh, and it's like some of that judgment we just come walk around with that we have to actively catch ourselves, right? Yeah. Or like actively pay attention. But yeah, it is. Um, you know, I've watched Travis too. You know, he's never really put that down either. There's never been a peak and valley in his fitness cycles that are evident. I'm mm-hmm. sure he would probably say a little different, but he probably, but times that he laid off here and there that he can think of, but it's not the rest of us don't see that uh mm-hmm. and another thing you will what i catch myself doing sometimes is like i'll judge myself against the guy that's 35 mm-hmm. you know and then so like yeah. at 54 you know contrary to what facebook would like me to believe when it shows these old geezers all six packed up <laughs> That's a lot of work. I don't know if like Facebook doesn't tell you the amount of time that older gentleman spent in the gym and what he eats. Or even if it's real. Yeah. Or even if it's real. Absolutely. Face a virtual reality character. Photoshopped kind of stuff. The AI generation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's another thing I'm noticing now is like how much FaceTime am I getting on? You know, like screen time. Like I used to think like video games are bad. I spend more time watching these stupid Facebook shorts like TikToks than I do anything else. And it's like tiny little dopamine hits. Yep. Like tiny. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's like I had an app called iFunny, which was memes. And I loved it. It was really fun and I would watch it. But then like something happened and it was just all politics and hate. And like mm. I'm getting on this app and getting upset. Like why the fuck am I on this app? Like why am I constantly opening and looking at it if I'm like disagreeing with a bunch of like, oh, the war here or the war there. And these people are evil. I'm like, well. I fell into the Instagram porn not long ago. No. And uh, you know, clicking, it. And of course, when you click on them, it feeds you more of them. Mm-hmm. So my whole little shorts are, you know, girls that's not got a bra on and you can tell it and they're, you know, and, and I'm clicking on them and I had to, yeah, because it, it watches how long you fucking linger on that yeah. video. Like, yep. and then you like go to their profile and then you see they got an only fans mm. and you got to, whoa, 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 <laughs> this is not a direction I'm looking to go into. Man. Right. I expect my porn for free. Yeah. I'm not paying. <laughs> It's hard not to. It's hard not to go in those rabbit holes, man. There's a lot of enticing stuff gets fed to us. And that's another interesting, like, how it's tailored to us. Because, like, Brooke's algorithm is completely different from my algorithm, right? And, like, some of it, you're like, why is it even showing it to me? Um, and I wonder if it cross-references other similar interests and like, starts generating and popping stuff up. And I don't know. There's been a couple of times that, like... I kind of want to get off the social media 
but I do love posting my travels, and that's that's what I am, right? I I post when yeah, I you go can always cool tell when places. Vlad's out of town. Yep, because I'm gonna post it. It's cool. I'm, and I don't know if it's like on some level I'm trying to be like, oh look what I'm doing, but but it's more like, but it is kind of like that too, like. I don't know there's a balance there. I've just quit posting for the most part. Mm-mm. Period. No. Yeah, you know, I see people posting their sobriety date, and mine went by, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm I never. Not I don't go out ever, there looking uh, for all the pats on the back, you know. And you know, there's a piece of it that says that you're not really, you know, you're maybe inspire somebody else to get sober. And I remember people saying that they would come to me because of they knew I was sober on Facebook and they would come looking for help, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually attracted a few people like that. Um, but I put my spiritual underground stuff on there and uh, try to put some content on my handyman and woodworking stuff. And I can't remember the last time I posted personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's a time sink. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, the one benefit is, like, you get all your photos and memories yeah, from there, right? Get- it's really cool to look back. Like, 12 years ago, I was in college in my little dorm room, and then you started, like, reminiscing. So, there's some awesome yeah, benefits yeah. to it, too. Um, and I don't know if part of me just wants to go and, like, download all my photos and just get rid of it. And, like, for a longer time, it was like, oh, well, my grandparents use this. And, yeah. my, like, my people on the other side of the world, that's they, how they communicate to with me but now i'm using what's up what's app so are they and like they're texting me on a day like my grandma's texting me on a daily yeah. basis didn't facebook buy that too so they had a whole sanctions like that side of the world start having sanctions on facebook with how much data mining they're doing mm-hmm. they're like russians not even like it's not allowed in the country you're mm-hmm. not gonna open like some people still have proxies and they can use it but, but you have to work around it yeah but i don't think you could just download like they're because in a sense, it was collecting information. Yeah, it right? is. Like, you know, I was talking to Charlie the other day about a bike because mm-hmm. I want to. I'm not going. I'm just not going out in that cold and getting cardio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, you know, prior to Colorado, if I'm going to get, I need some cardio. Cardio, if I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, Facebook is showing me Peloton. See, he signed me up for a Peloton membership. I didn't ask him to do that. He just did it, and he sent me the stuff. Mm. And uh, because I guess you can track other, you don't necessarily have to have a bike to use their app. No, right. you can do things and time anything you're wanting to do. Mm. Uh, you know, exercise, workout wise, you can. I don't really know, but you know, you plug it in there if you're going to go jogging and say go. Mm. Um, and because when you sign on, it wants to, it wants access to your health app. Uh, but Facebook starts showing me Peloton. Mm. commercials Mm -hmm. and uh it's crazy how that hey i got a 70s like a old school like tension pedal one if you want it it's yours it's free yeah i don't it's heavy as hell uh it has to get brought down there was a nautilus one that looked pretty decent of course charlie's biased he's got 
the Peloton, so he thinks that's the best one. You know, that's the one to have. That's, hey, that's what when you. Go, I'm an Osprey guy, and if you talk to yeah. me about other backpacks, I'll probably tell you about my Osprey. Yeah, so that's I get what it. guys come on here like for saddle hunting gear and any kind of bows or whatever. You know, band saws. You know, and people go, "What's the best one?" Mm-hmm. And you should just ask, "What do you have?" Because that's the answer you get. You get the answer to what people own, mm-hmm. not what is the best. Um, and I was, and she girl had it, and it was a hundred dollars. And I messaged her. And I was finally went. I looked some reviews up, mm-hmm. and it looked decent. And people gave it good reviews. And uh, magnetic tension, and the things that the Peloton has like that, and it had a little tracking screen thing and all that business on it. And of course, it was by the time I pulled the trigger the next time i looked at it it was sold mm. and the mm. pelotons they used are 700 bucks seven eight hundred bucks mm. and i don't know that i want to do that because one day it'll be in there as a coat hanger there's been enough there's been a number of treadmills and exercise bikes that's come through my life i have bought none of them yeah there never was mine they were somebody else's and uh and they're always a bitch to get rid of your dad buys them and steals the motors off of treadmills. Yeah, why? And, and puts some motors. I think his lathe down there is now driven by. One of the things is, is they're variable speed motors, mm-hmm. which is a special kind of motor. Mm-hmm. You can't just variable speed any motor. Right. And he rips the controls out of there, and his lathe, his metal lathe down there, is now got a. Uh, uh, and they're pretty powerful motors too. Small, compact, powerful, variable yeah. speed motors. Mm-hmm. And he'll buy a used treadmill and rip the guts out of it and repurpose it for something else he's done a drill press down there where he's got variable speed on the that's pretty cool it is pretty cool huh. uh i'd have never i'd have never thought about it you better learn some things how to do that yeah oh i'm uh, well i know how he learned it how did he learn it youtube that's a powerful tool right there. I showed him tonight. He just got a new TV. Mm-hmm. His TV broke the other day. He already had a handyman or a TV repairman repair his TV because mm-hmm. he got a new one mm-hmm. and he didn't like it. So he dug and found somebody that would fix his old one and he found a guy that fixed his old one. And his old one was my Zoom TV during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a big mm-hmm. ass screen sitting here. On this table, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he this time around, he said, I'm just going to upgrade. So now I, I up there today showed him how he can cast his youtube to his tv mm-hmm. um and and then he can hear it through his hearing aids mm-hmm. so when he's on youtube upstairs he's got the little speakers we'd be hearing him now mm-hmm. uh cranking it up and uh, although it's a little bit there's some steps to it and he's not you know it's nothing to me right but uh i bet it. you before long he's gonna be i wouldn't be surprised if he's not up there watching youtube now youtube That's... replaced his tv he finally ended up turning off the you know discontinued his whole uh uh cable tv type service you know because uh youtube took that place well it's quicker it's on demand it's what you want and ain't pretty much i mean he can't watch like ball games he likes to watch golf and he likes to watch baseball but you can just sign up to like espn sport yeah. like one streaming service probably through youtube too like if you have a youtube yes yeah. i have a premium account i have a family account there you go me dustin chris uh dad christopher is in my family account <laughs> nice uh i got one floater and i got it out to somebody i use it once in a while for people who like uh a lot of times if a new guy and i want him to see some youtube stuff mm-hmm. uh, i'll let him borrow that license i think derek still has it and i haven't had a reason to take it away from him yet 
always feel bad when it comes time to take it away from me. Yeah, I bet. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, you know this thing? You can't use it anymore. Yeah, I need it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-confiscate it. It's okay. Yep. Because uh, it's ad-free, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Uh, people talk about YouTube sucking nowadays because of the ads. Breaking in the middle of stuff all the time. Yeah, there's a skip button. After three seconds, you just go like this. Yeah, no, but it's like if it's in your pocket and you're doing something else. Oh well, you, you can't listen. do that if you don't have the paid. Yeah, I if you don't have the pound, you can't run it in the background. Right, I can't do That's that. That's the other. That might be the more bigger bit. Probably. But but I also have a YouTube channel and blah blah blah. So. But we're just yammering on now, and we've sure left are. everything. But that's okay. What do we close? It's it content. With? Yeah, that's what. Enjoy the banter. This, this uh, year starts sixth year doing this podcast. Six years. Can't. I was at the very first podcast that you and a bunch of guys and went so don't into add the up? office. No. I wonder what I've done. It doesn't add up because like literally my first week of sobriety, you're like, let's go to, to do this podcast. That. And I'm like, why? I don't know what I'm doing. And it was me in a room of you like Probably. super recovered dudes. Just oh, yeah. Brand new. That you went to Kevin's yeah, law office. Yes. So I was there for like the very first and then you took over. 24. I did it in 18, mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21. 22, 23, and 24 is 6. This is the beginning of the sixth year of the podcast. I know I'm not off on that because every, uh, you know, some people do seasons. Like they'll start, they might do Did you start four in seasons in a. In, in, I thought you started in 2019. You came in in twenty at the end of twenty eighteen. Right? I came in in twenty eighteen, and I think I counted that year as a yeah. But I think oh, yeah, that's interesting. Because every time it rolls, I decided about what I was going to do that direction, mm-hmm. and it's tough because I messed up on my numbering at some level in the beginning too, where I numbered two different kinds of podcasts two different ways, mm-hmm. and so there really is not three hundred and fifteen. But I've just, <laughs> I've just, I've just left that behind. That's that's okay. Uh, you know, fuck it. Uh, I'm gonna count one way, and I'm not gonna go back and fill in because I've the group ones and the other stuff like that. The ones that were done at the uh, retreats and all that, I just started them at zero zero one, and the interview ones I did at one oh one, and I run up into the thirties or forties on the other ones. So there's like sixty missing or something. Mm. Um, but I remember having to make that decision about the seasons because it orders them in your feed mm-hmm. somewhat like that. And uh, it keeps track of the seasons. And you could not ever put a season in it, but but I started with one, and I guess I could have went forever in season one. Uh, I might have to go back and look at that because I just clicked it to season six, and I've been using six and five all last year. So maybe it's kind of like my number well, the it, other way. It probably makes sense because you're counting, like if I'm thinking of my, or like just like overall years, you would get your first year after a full first year. So you'd count that one and then two. So maybe that's how I'm missing a year. Yeah. And it's just the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't really be 60 years until December. Right. <laughs> right. Now. So yeah. 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 I just closed five. That's exciting. But did that's you, cool. Did you yep. ever think you'd be uh this many episodes in. I never gave it a lot of thought. No? 
I really never did. I just did it kind of like one episode at a time, one day at a time, that kind of stuff. I just kept on doing it. And I well, there was a time when you I got burned quit. out. And yeah. there's times when I was going to shut it down. And that thought comes up once in a while again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just keep doing it. I think you should. That's uh, uh, we got another one year guy coming up in a, I don't know when he's coming. I need to, uh, kind of keep an eye on that stuff I think he wanted to do it on a Sunday too yeah Wes is coming in next Sunday nice 10 in the morning I will say it's really cool to go back and listen to your first year like for the guy that came in and got interviewed like to listen back to yeah. that have that documented yeah you, you, you kind of like you. it's like a time capsule yeah. in a way like a feelings emotions experiences you put it in a little time capsule and me and Max were talking about that. He just did a podcast with you, right? And I'm yep. like, did you go listen to it? He's like, no. He told me he wasn't going to listen. Yeah, he's like, I, I think I'll just wait a couple of years. And I'm like, I think I listened to mine like three weeks after it came out. And then I just re-listened to it again. And it was, the first time it's kind of like egoy. You're yeah. like, oh, how did I sound? What yeah. did I say? Yeah. Uh, but then this last time was like, what What the fuck was I thinking? Or like, well, who was I? So it's it's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, that is cool in that regard that you get to you know save that mm-hmm. moment, in posterity, and look mm-hmm. back at it. And, yeah. Um. And some of the old timers, you know, there's few. Well, there's a handful of people who are no longer with us that have that either aged out or whatever else. And uh, and I get I get uh, thank yous from their survivors or various people that were in their lives for having them on because they get to keep that piece mm-hmm. of them like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I keep on being nudged to keep on doing it. Good. It's not fantastically successful, but it's more successful than some. And it's certainly not a failure. And uh, you, you see these people rock it off into stardom with them, you know. Mm. Uh, some. Yeah. Not very many. It's right. kind of like, but some people do. But um, I saw a stat that said, like, you're in the top 100. You know how many millions of podcasters there actually are? I do. My coworker does a podcast, and she has six listeners every week at most. How long has she been at it? Uh, probably a year. But still, like. That's tough when you see those numbers. I try not to really look at that too much. Yeah. Um, I try not to worry about it. It makes sense. Uh, and the stats are not necessarily accurate either so i look at them as a gauge not a true hard number because like anchor tells me how many people clicked on anchor and watched them Mm -hmm. you know you you don't know how many people apple keeps their you had to pay for their Mm -hmm. analytics Mm -hmm. and uh i listen to you from like if I listen to these, they're from Spotify. Spotify, and that's who's hosting it now because Spotify bought Anchor. Okay, so you that counts. It's yeah, and I got I can go to Spotify analytics and mm. see the plays, and they're always better, but it's harder to get to. Mm. So like my gauge is if I could just click on the Anchor app, and if I want to see the number, it uh, shows me a number, mm-hmm. and it's also where I count my plays because it's the only place that tells me total plays. You know what you should do, and it's not it's not accurate it's like 52,000 plays but there's been more than that it's just a gauge Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a measuring stick that doesn't really count (laughs) gives you something one day 
when you have a group podcast like you do sometimes for the trips, we're going to set up some cameras and record it as yeah. well and YouTube it. Because I think that that will be another really cool. Like, I do all my Zoom ones on YouTube now. Do you? I release them out there. That's the one I did this morning. Nice. They're Zoom because it lends it mm -hmm. that way. But there's a. The more I look into video in it, you almost really got to have somebody monitoring that. Yeah. Like a third party, actually. Like, unless you want to go back Jamie and like edit and it, and that's even more editing besides your come first in here and edit. do that. Yeah, right. and video right. editing is not easy. No. Uh, the uh, there's some things that will work with like mics and cameras, and when you know it's like Zoom, when the speaker pops up, mm -hmm. and some of them will do that. But you know, you're talking a lot of money. Well, to get that kind of equipment that'll do that. But I was thinking on. like a basic one. Like you remember how we had it at uh, Fargo after the hunt trip? Everybody sat around. Like you could put like yeah, one, you could put like a camera, camera up here, camera, and, and it's just like a view, and it would just watch the group. Yeah, yeah. it's more of a, and uh, that's usually a starting place. If you mm -hmm. go back and watch people, they will start off with a. They'll both be on one side of a table. Yeah, and they got one camera there, and it's yeah, it doesn't pan back and forth because they don't. Yeah, and then later on you're watching it, and next thing you know, it's the speakers, the focus in the cameras, and you see them march up that that deal. Mm -hmm. Most of them, and probably uh, if you want to really do this, you need to have a video element today. If you really want to like go somewhere with it, maybe I think it'd just be cool for YouTube's you. where I mean, it's at. Yeah, it is. Like uh, people do listen to podcasts, and lots of people listen to podcasts, but it's YouTube uh, is where the people there's a Twitch streamer I don't watch his Twitch streams I watch the recording of his Twitch streams on YouTube at my time when I can they're live when he recorded them but I'm watching them when I can when I have time yeah so. I've heard of the Twitch too yeah sounds like a tender but it ain't it <laughs> A little, a little different. There's a different one now that people are talking about, the date nap. That's date nap. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's Tinder is a hookup. Well, I, yeah, I remember Tinder. Uh, there's I a newer on one now. That Bumble. There's Bumble. Yeah, but that's been around a while too. Yeah. I can't remember. I was hearing somebody talk about it on a podcast the other day. Mm. Yeah. Not for me. For now. For now. So how do we close this? What What was the lessons learned or? I don't know, man. Uh, you just I heard a lot of banter. Story was, yeah, and your story was the lessons learned, man, and it's just sharing your experience and what happened to you, you know, and that's kind of the broken record player in AA for as long as I've been around. Mm -hmm. um, slips turn into bigger slips, whatever yep. you want to call it. Experimentation turns into something bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing you never really did was leave. Mm -hmm. uh, that probably kept you in the ball game. Uh, if you'd have stepped away with all that, you might have gotten away. Uh, and maybe, you know, that'd be a whole new fresh start when you go crash and burn again. You didn't go there. Uh, yeah, but because yeah, people, I mean, we got a guy right now that I've watched do this same dance a number of times. Mm -hmm. And when he comes back, he comes back wounded. You know, he gets all the way there before he yollers for help again and drags his ass back and then he gets pumped up again. And I've watched that. I've watched that routine happen a number of places.
places of people who do this, you know, and their life is better overall for it, but they get a little recovery, they let go of it, they crash and burn, and they come back. Now, yeah. the problem with that is, is people also die in that crash and burn, mm-hmm. and, and then you never do get a chance to keep coming back. Yeah. But that's one of the things you didn't do. But I know that's a broken record player of AA is walking away and thinking, you got this. And I heard that over and over and over. You know, uh, I learn as much of watching other people's recovery as I do of watching my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that quote about a smart man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, that fits. But I don't know that there's anything but what we've talked about. And people can take what they get from it. Yeah. Uh, and so, I'm glad you're still around. I love you. I love you. Uh, and I, I really don't want to lose anybody in my circle. Really, really, really badly don't want to. Almost to the point it pisses me off if it looks like that's happening. That uh, makes sense. Because you, you invest so much time to build this relationship, to build this brotherhood yep. and this bond. It's uh, And it's hurtful. There's yep. some hurt that comes with it, too. I have to justify and realize that it's the disease that's doing it. It ain't the person. It's another one of the things that this, this parasite thing and being infected by this, it's really not that person being an asshole and trying to wreck lives and stuff. Yeah. It's the disease, and you've got to get that out of them. They're possessed. Mm-hmm. It's like a possession. And, uh, and I find myself not getting close to new guys. I don't think it's going to make it. I don't build a relationship with that guy when he looks like a floater yeah uh let somebody else other guys other guys are okay with that and i don't and if you have you know i've been fortunate i have not had too many sponsees really go away i don't think i've ever had one die so far so yet yet as you know toby had his very first sponsee died yeah, <laughs> I mean that. Too. Yeah, but yeah, you do this work together and you build a relationship, and then a guy basically just hits the flush button and walks off, and it is hurtful. Uh, but I know it ain't. You know, you can't take it like that. It's yeah. hard not to. Sometimes it's. Uh, I don't know. I think the, the love and the acceptance and. Like just the, the group is what will keep you going when you're having tar- tough times. Like build that relationship, build that network, build that brotherhood, uh, because you will die by yourself. Yep, I look at it as like a big safety net that's underneath of me at all times, and it allows me even to go out and do courageous things. Because mm-hmm. if I fall, mm-hmm. there's a net under me. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and I've had to use that net before a number a few a few times good that's what it's there for yep like that's it's so we can thrive you can test the net and make you braver next time you know not just that you can walk through anything Mm -hmm. all right let's close her up i'll do the same thing all the time unless you got a closing thought that you ain't mentioned no if you're not having a blast in your recovery you're not doing something right And I want to thank everybody out there for allowing Vlad and I to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace out.